a worrisome trend that I'm mm-hmm. seeing that's coming to me specifically with women, because that tends to be my demographic and who finds me is there is an automatic assumption that their goal is weight loss. Mm-hmm. Whew. And that took me a couple of years to really take away that filter and be like, okay, hold on. Is it really your goal? Hello, and welcome to Think Fit, Be Fit podcast, a part of the Think Fit, Be Fit podcast network, where we are dedicated to effective thinking for potent exercise. You will find a collection of shows on this feed that are the intersection of exercise mechanics, human movement science, and critical thinking. We discuss the nuances of training to help trainers, coaches, athletes, and fitness lovers connect deeper to their exercise. My name is Jennifer Schwartz. I am the hostess and creator of this podcast, and today's episode is powerful and something that I am so proud to share with you guys because we are talking about the lens in which we see fitness and our healthy habits. And this is so important because the lens in which we see our exercise and our fitness way, our fitness really determines how good it is, how impactful it is, how it can serve us for the long term. You know, more knowledge about exercise is great, but when we put it all together and see something bigger, we can have this bit of wisdom create these better instincts and better insights. We all know trainers and gurus who tout my way and the best way. And if you're here, you know there is so much more to this exercise and fitness thing, right? So today is really about embodying that, this episode and this conversation with Holly Perkins, and you can find her on IG at Holly Perkins. She has so much wisdom and experience to share with this. And I want to just share this big philosophical question with you before we start. And that is, are you a body with a mind or a mind with a body? In my opinion, the short story, the body is the mind. And I'm really asking an old, old question here. Are the body and mind two separate things? And how does this lens that we have with our body and mind, or the body is the mind, is how does it impact our fitness? With the development of neuroscience, psychology, and how our gut chemicals and health play into how we construct our reality, I believe this is a very good question to ask ourselves. How does the mind impact our fitness? For example, the gut microbiome has an incredible amount of neurons and is constantly undergoing changes. There was a published uh, the paper published in 2020 that showed the composition of a person's microbiome was connected to personality traits like socio- sociability <laughs> or anxiety, socio- so- social ability. There are numerous pathways that connect the gut to the personality. One of them is through the endocrine system, which is definitely part of the exercise and fitness continuum. 
This conversation here today with Holly Perkins is about where healthy habits originate, and it's deep. Is it the body? Is it my brain-focused, habit-focused, motivation-focused? Well, we go beyond the biological stuff and the psychological stuff. That is weight loss, HIIT training, gym antics, motivation, and forcing ourselves to do our exercise, right? So Holly Perkins is a woman's strength expert, a certified strength and conditioning specialist, and the author of Lift to Get Lean. She holds a Bachelor's of Science in Exercise Physiology and Nutrition from the Penn State University. She has 30 years of experience in this field. Shape Magazine called Holly a top trainer to follow. So she really helps women create the body they need to keep up with the life they love. And she uses strategy and proven systems uh, rooted in strength training and intentional nutrition. She's regularly featured in Women's Health, Shape, Self, Prevention, BuzzFeed, and Live Strong. You can find her at hollyperkins.com. We discuss her career, why she's so passionate about nutrition and habits, as well as how her, our own personal lens constructs our relationship with exercise. And really, I'm just so excited to share this with you guys. But before we get there, can you head on over to thinkfitbefitpodcast.com, sign up for the newsletter, and... If you are so inclined, please leave a review on what you are learning from this podcast and all of our other shows. If you'd like to get more into the details of what we are doing, of course, sign up for the newsletter, but also join me on Instagram when I host lives with our other host, co-host and hostess, and that is at Jennifer underscore Simone underscore Schwartz. We have lots of fun on there, so I hope to see you on Instagram, and we have some surveys if you have subjects, if you'd like to hear us talk about certain things or cover certain papers, we're all, we're open to that, so I can't wait to hear from you through IG or the newsletter, and enjoy this conversation with Holly Perkins of hollyperkins.com. Welcome, Holly. I'm so glad to have you today. I'm so excited to be here. I'm feeling particularly inspired today. So what a great day to explore uh, these topics with you. And I have, you know, just gotten to know you and I'm definitely grateful for that. And the avenue that, you know, is the podcast that, you know, brings to brings you know our minds together to be able to dive deep into these concepts that you know you and I really care about right so um one of the things that came up for me at doing my initial research is that you've worn many hats in this industry and You've learned a lot along the way, so I would love it if you could just introduce yourself to our audience and what it is that you do. Mm, I love it. Thank you for that. That's a great setup. 
I agree. I've worn a lot of hats in this industry. So I have been in the fitness industry now for 30 years. Mm -hmm. I have a degree in exercise physiology and nutrition from the Pennsylvania State University. I'm also a certified strength and conditioning specialist. I will also be a certified nutritionist next year. Um, And my career started right out of college. I went to New York City. I had the great opportunity to work at La Palestra Center for Preventative Medicine in the city and work with a lot of great personalities, notable people, um, uh, professional athletes from the NFL, NHL, NBA. It really was an incredible time. From there, I moved to Los Angeles, and that is where I was able to start doing kind of a broader reach in the fitness industry. My foundation is as a personal trainer, and then about, I guess, 15 years ago-ish, no, 10 years ago. I can't do the math because it all collapses in and of itself. But um, I had the opportunity to start creating and producing exercise videos for Exercise TV. And then Women's Health Magazine tapped me uh, to write uh, Lift to Get Lean, which is a strength training book for women. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of all just snowballed from there. About six years ago, I then transferred my in-person business to online coaching and learning and virtual programs. And so I've really had the awesome opportunity to kind of be in a lot of different aspects of our industry. And uh, here we are. Amazing. I, uh, we have some of those foundational things in common at, you know, on the, the thinking level and seeing, uh, the, impact exercise can have just throughout the whole, you know, cycle of things that we go through and the changes we go through as, as people. And I love the idea of, um, the connection that we can share with people that, um, helps them see this too. So, uh, you know, I'm going to keep coming back to that. Cause like I said, I feel very inspired today. <laughs> um, what is looking back on the span of things? What is one teacher you looked up to at an early time in your career and education? And then someone you're looking up to currently, Yeah, such a good question. And this is so hard because over the years, I've had so many influences and mentors and people that I've learned from. Um, I really do walk the balance between physical conditioning and strength training and nutrition. But those are two hugely different industries. So it's so hard for me to narrow it down. But I would say early in my career, because I came out of Penn State, I got to work with Bill Kramer and Carl Stadefalk and a lot of the godfathers in our industry. Mm-hmm. And so in the early years, I was all about science. I was all about the medical approach, the medical terminology, all of the real nuts and bolts, um, biochemistry, biomechanics of human performance. Um, I remember there was a time I was particularly obsessed with Dean Karnazes. So I was a distance runner through my 20s. I coached Mm -hmm. a lot of marathoners for marathons around the world. And I was obsessed with his performance. Mm -hmm. 
throughout the years, I've now, it's really interesting, gotten to this place where because I've seen so much research and so many trends and so many different conversations in our industry, Hmm. where I've really landed now is on the concept of cultivating a true habit. So James Clear has been very huge in my life over the past year, Mm -hmm. because if you really think about what a real habit is, a real habit, you start to look at your life and some of the things that you do, you think are habits, but they're actually not. Mm -hmm. So I've noticed within my community and the people that I coach, so much of really becoming better in our physical body allows us to be better in our lives. Mm -hmm. And the more we can move towards creating habits that help us do that effortlessly, Mm -hmm. it becomes a joy. It becomes fun. It really becomes something that you don't take a day off unless you need a day off. Mm -hmm. And so it's really, it's really shifted from that um, precise right way of doing things as per the science, as per the experts to now really realizing there's a lot of ways that you can accomplish different things with the physical body. And really what it comes down to is how you are working with yourself on the mental, emotional, and physical level. Mm -hmm. There's that. Yeah, that is, um, that was all very exciting for me to hear. I too enjoy the James Clear and that book when it came out, it was one of those, I just had to keep, I was using a audio book and you know how you can like save and hashtag it and stuff. And whew, it was, it felt like never ending. Um, and I still use some of the concepts I learned in, in that text. It's just amazing. One of the things you said um, about real habit and uh and then how it kind of gets you to that place of doing and being because the un the stuff that you do inside the habit allows for your creativity to kind of work and grow and that's one of the things that i think people don't realize why they're coming back to a certain type of exercise um because some things can get them started, of course, like chasing the optics and chasing a feeling. But then when they step into the habit piece, the real habit, their creativity flows, they become more interested to say the least. Um, So let's poke around in there a little bit about real habit and, um, you know, and an example of maybe something you saw in inside like your master's group and seeing people like get the real habit. Mm. What comes up for me in this Mm -hmm. uh, just keeps coming up for me is this intersection between we are real world, 3D physical machines, right? We are physical matter. Mm -hmm. And yet there is a part of us that is intangible, our thought processes, our emotional life, our spiritual life, all of the stuff that's not tangible. And as I have learned and grown in our industry and 
cultivating my own habits around how I use my body, I keep getting this reinforcement that we are designed on all levels to really use our physical body. Mm -hmm. You hear in the world of art, Mm -hmm. tuning your instrument and working with the physical aspect of the body so that you can free up that creativity that you mentioned. Mm -hmm. And I've noticed that every single stage of mine through the years, and I'll tell you, there have been a lot of crazy stages in my own personal journey. I keep noticing that as my physical body gets better, Mm -hmm. I think better. I think Mm -hmm. differently. I'm so much more creative. As you said, I look at the world differently. I show up in the world differently. And for me, and a lot of the women that I coach, I was never able to get there by changing my psychology, my thought patterns, or what I was thinking about. I had to get there through my instrument. And I'm starting to really believe more and more that for a lot of us, that's probably the truth. I've worked with, I also have a degree in spiritual psychology, a Mm two-year degree in spiritual Mm -hmm. psychology, which I just got a few years ago. Mm -hmm. And I've had the great opportunity to be introduced to a whole community of people that are all about human potential, um, personal development, the the psychosocial intangible aspects of human performance. And what I keep noticing is that often many of the people that struggle the most with changing their thought patterns and their behaviors are the ones who are not in good health Mm. from the place of physical performance, not just, not just your BMI, which I think is baloney anyway, not just your, um, the way you're eating and how healthy you are by medical standards, but really how well you perform in your physical body. And the people who really seem to have it all pulled together are those that integrate the two. Mm, And mm -hmm. obviously habits are at the foundation of that. Mm. Oh, yeah. So you bring up some very just things that really spark my, um, uh, what is it? Wonder and connection, which is, um, this idea of like our perception is our world. Um, and most of us are operating in this place of uh, naive realism, meaning what you see is what you get is what you believe um, or, you know, that's your world. And you therefore think that is the reality when the reality is your world is just yours. It's, <laughs> and it's, um, and our bodies are one of the main things that like help us perceive it as, you know, um, as such. So, and then, and then therefore our biology. So what we, and, and as social mammals, right. Bipedal social animals, mammals, we are, um, what we do is what we know because we're environmental, like manipulators and taskmasters. So it's, you know, it just makes me think that, um, you know, it, it's one of those reasons why I'm doing this podcast, right. It's just to say like, 
there is a completely different layer to what this the the whole thing about movement and exercise is. So, um, and then just let me back up <laughs> because um, the the concept that uh, that you brought up that that also um, I have a question about. You mentioned changing psychology. Um, so can we get, dive into that a little bit? Like what, it, what does that mean? Um, I have an idea about, um, what you could be talking about, but yeah, I'm really curious. Well, I think the way that I've experienced it thus far mm-hmm. really touches upon what you said a moment ago, how we relate to the world around us really is, I think, what we're exploring here, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so when we talk about psychology, Mm -hmm. I would say there's a lot of different definitions of it. The way I talk about it is how we relate to the world around us, how we relate to ourselves. And examining that to be curious about and wonder about and really just observe why we are who we are. Mm And why and how are we responding to the world around us? I love the way that you said it. Um, I believe in my experience, there are a lot of humans who are operating in this world from what I think of as the outside in. Mm -hmm. The world around me is influencing and causing my experience. Mm -hmm. And... I personally believe it's actually the opposite. And you touched on this, Hmm. how I, the world that I'm living inside is the filter that I'm looking through and seeing the world around me. Mm -hmm. And that's at the core of what I said a few minutes ago about, okay, well, if that's true, Mm -hmm. and I'm totally open to people who don't believe that's true. But for me, if that's true, if I'm seeing the world around me through the lens of my inner landscape. It really, really matters what that inner landscape looks like and feels like. Mm -hmm. And that's where the opportunity is to improve our performance, our biochemistry, our hormones, our body composition, all of the ways, all of the things that we are. Mm -hmm. They aren't just, okay, your blood pressure's good. Your blood lipids look good. It's it's far beyond that. And Mm -hmm. the way I talk about it in my community is often really relating to building you from the inside out Mm -hmm. so that you start to look at the world differently and not this is happening in my world and therefore it's causing this in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, Just quickly, I think a personal example that I'd like to share is uh, in the past two to three years, I had to go through a pretty substantial health challenge. Mm -hmm. Prior to that, I was, I would say, arguably arguably in the best shape of my life prior to that. Mm -hmm. And it was really interesting to have to now walk through the world as really having a physical challenge that I was able to document on paper, which was substantial, but to then not buy into it, not to really buy into it. I have Lyme disease. I have a severe autoimmune disorder. 
And for several years, I was having to fight my way out of that label because I don't want to live that way. And I think a lot of people who deal with physical ailments, whether it's pain Mm -hmm. or injury or Mm -hmm. chronic illness, Mm -hmm. we have to battle that. What's what's true? What's real? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. Seeing the lens through or choosing the lens. That is, um, I mean, that's a huge, that's a battle. That's a whole timeline for people, right? So, you know, we're not just, I'm not just trying to give off this like facade that, you know, you can just choose one thing or the other. Um, There's a lens and, and there's, there's just like options, you know, like um, for, you know, like, Physically speaking, it is harder to get through the day when you have, um, when you're metabolically unhealthy, it's literally harder to go up the stairs. Um, it's literally harder to think and drive if you have chronic pain or a migraine or anything in there. And the mistakes, where this goes back to fitness, I think is some of the mistakes we make is that we're choosing, um, maybe like a certain type of exercise or a lack of movement or a, um, because that this, this, this disease, this illness, this injury needs this, and we're not moving out of that and saying, wait, when does exercise, when does all this stuff I put into my mouth, like food and water, when does it become healthy and nourishing? Same with exercise. We put it into our body. When does it become nourishing versus, oh, this is the only thing that can help me um, type of lens. So I, I think it's just a constant battle that you brought up. And it's, you know, for our, for the listeners, Um, this can play out in some of the smallest choices that you make that you're not even thinking about making, um, to, you know, make, you know, making, making the exercise nourishing and sustaining and that having an impact that you can't really measure because it goes on for decades, (laughs) um, Wow. So yeah, back to that habit thing, (laughs) you know, how do we, um, so if we set ourselves up with the right environment as, you know, James clear, like, like, wow, what a, what a window he opened up, you know, to really see the social impact of our environment and our environment, um, being so impactful on the things that we choose. So, wow. Um, and, I guess it's like, how, you know, how do people get there? They, they, you know, uh, I hope it's through um, starting to use their exercise and their nutrition as a way to work with their biology. Um, What, do you have anything to add to that? Just that I 100% agree and so have experienced the stages, the layers, and to use your word, the battle of it. Mm-hmm. Um, having my entire life, I've had a 
a nonstop battle with symptoms of depression mm-hmm. and not feeling well and being exhausted. A few years ago, when I was forced to it, I finally got the diagnosis as to why that was all those years. So my own personal journey through my own physical uplevelment has had to go through those stages, right? Where when you don't feel well, Mm. your life around you is very different. Mm. Absolutely. There is no doubt about it. We've all experienced moments when we feel amazing Mm-hmm. And we see how the day goes. And we, some of us and many of us, have had to walk through days where we are really in a lot of suffering, whether it's physical suffering, emotional suffering, spiritual suffering. Mm-hmm. And um, without question, it's how you are nourishing yourself on all levels to get through those times, to get to a better place. It's murky. It's not a clear path. Mm -hmm. And it's infinitely unique for each person. For me, when I was really at rock bottom and just was terrified about the future ahead of me because I was suffering Mm -hmm. on so many levels, it really became what is one small step I can take today or right now to start to move in a direction of betterment. Mm-hmm. And with each small step, it's been a journey. It's been three years and a lifetime of suffering, but three years since rock bottom to still be working my way out of it. And every single week, it's really just um, trying out different mm-hmm. actions and behaviors to see what can become a habit and finding the things that I can really dial in as a habit and then to start adding them on top of each other. Um, yeah, that's, uh, that's heavy. (laughs) Um, it also made me think about, you know, having been, um, you know, you kind of married the exercise industry pretty early on and all the the things you were trying to you know kind of help yourself with too at the same time like you know the the um the exploration factor is uh it's pretty admirable i'd say cuz it sounds like you know um and and you know is that how um i guess nutrition that's your your current you know that's a huge endeavor. Uh, can you talk about that a little bit? I'm very curious. Oh boy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think what I would say to sum that up and to move into the nutrition part of it Mm -hmm. is to really touch upon what you said. So from a very young age, there were indications and symptoms of chronic depression. Mm -hmm. And I think ultimately that is why I gravitated to what I do today. Mm-hmm. So as young as sixth grade, I started taking dance aerobics classes in the eighties because it was the only time I felt great. Mm-hmm. And I think all these years and exploration, I'm passionate about it because it's been my journey. Mm-hmm. I know that other people are suffering and I know what suffering feels like in a very deep way. So for many years, it really was the physical habits exploration, 
the physicality of feeling better. And each year there was a growing proof Mm -hmm. that nutrition might even be a bigger part of the equation because to a large degree, what, how we eat, mm-hmm. what we eat really does build who we are and how our body is responding, especially probably for everyone, mm-hmm. but even more so for those of us that have some chronic biological challenges, whether it's gut dysbiosis and the likes, whether it's rheumatoid arthritis or lupus or autoimmune disorders or thyroid disorders, on and on and on, depression. Um, as I was going through my own journey and literally every doctor, every test, every diet plan, every book, every form of exercise, I've tried almost everything. Mm-hmm. I kept coming back to, wow, the route for me absolutely is nutrition because when my nutrition is right, Mm -hmm. I feel better physically and my physical activity is a whole lot more productive, not just, it feels better. It's a whole lot more productive, but I can't do Mm. it the other way around. Mm. And I, and I know that I'm speaking from personal experience here. And I also know there is a lot of research to support this. And I know that there are other experts in their field, whether it's medicine or nutrition that would probably agree with me or echo that with me or have said it themselves. But I really, the reason why I'm moving more and more into the power of the biological effects of how we eat Mm -hmm. is because I've seen firsthand through myself and my clients, profound shifts in life when they were really able to find the right nutrition. And when I say that, I think, I think you'll really, I think you'll, I think you and I will be aligned on this as Mm -hmm. we are in so many things. There were so many years in the early part of my career. I thought that meant eat salmon and grilled chicken and brown rice and drink a green juice. And it's not that simple. Mm. Broccoli can be problematic. Rock hail can be problematic. Mm -hmm. Nuts can be problematic, even though they're a healthy fat, right? Mm. So what I've really found is it's not so simple as just eating healthy. It could be more intricate Mm. for each of us. Um, Yeah. And when we go down to the heart of it, um, we are talking about like these chemicals that we're producing that have an influence on that lens that we're, that we talked about earlier. Okay. Yeah. So, um, and that, um, and I hadn't thought about this word in a while. It just came to me, um, which was the, the umwelt, like how, like, which is a German word to describe, like literally our perception. And it's, it's the same, it's a biological evolution type of term that explains, you know, a bee, a honey bee sees a red flower and it is, you know, in their perception, it might not be red at all. It's like a red flower to us. Like they, they, you know, they perceive differently. And so when we go back um, to our needs, our wants, our movement requirements as humans, again, like some of us see, um, our friend and 
that conjures up certain, you know, perceptions and, um, it might then like bring up excitement and joy and readiness, right. Versus like, if we walk into our Pilates studio and we see the woman we're fighting about a carpool with, and that could change your emotional state, which could change the outcome of your movement, which can change the outcome of your digestion and so on and so forth. Then your sleep is messed up. And then it's like this whole entire process that if we don't choose that lens of I'm here for my health, I'm here for my body, I'm here to be in my body. Um, it's, a, oh my gosh, it's a, it's a, it's a choice. <laughs> and, but we can't make those choices unless we actually see this interconnectedness and all this, like there's an intermediary in all these like health decisions. Um, something you said earlier about um, the more that you're, you invest in your career, your interactions with your groups and your clients and yourself, um, the more connectedness you see like with, oh, we are bound, we are meant for movement. We are meant for, I can't remember what you said, but it reminded me of how we are hardwired, you know, for this stuff. And the, the real, the back to that, like the naivety that is created by the exercise industry blocks us. And anyways, so, um, whew. yeah. What, um, so when we go in, did, does that make sense? What I, what I was kind of trying to think about what you said earlier about, yeah, like, yeah. Abs- for me, absolutely. And what was coming through for me really is the interconnectedness mm-hmm. on all levels and the fitness industry mm-hmm. is an industry mm-hmm. just like all the in- other industries mm-hmm. that is, um, you know, disguised as really being for your benefit and your health, which it absolutely is. But we have to remember that it is an industry that is part of economics and business. So what we see is that I see this so often with my clients because there's advertising and because there is marketing and um, businesses that want to grow and or produce and or sell, people get confused by, oh, this is the way to get healthy. This is the way to eat healthy. When it may not be, it may just be that's one angle and one perspective because a business is, they believe that's the way and that's the way they're promoting. And so it's so all interconnected and I think what what came to me and for me and what you were sharing is, wow, and isn't that the argument for staying conscious Mm. and for really being aware and choosing, as you said, it's all about choice. Choice comes with a very heavy responsibility. And so it starts with the consciousness and the awareness of 
What do I think is right for me to the best of the knowledge that I have right now? Yeah. So we keep coming back to this, like our bodies, you know, shape our minds and our mind, you know, and our kind of gut goes back up in that, this whole like recycling bin (laughs) of, you know, doing, seeing, um, perceiving. So, you know, um, what, um, what do you tell your, your groups and clients about, you know, um, getting them to choose their inputs and choose these like lenses? Um, is it back to the habit conversation or where, mm. where do you guys go? So with I think, you know, and I feel like that could go in so many directions and I just want to make sure that I'm clear in terms of, um, what we're exploring here. But mm-hmm. I think if I understand, you know, kind of where we are here in this conversation, that the first stop in my community and with the women in my community and my programs is number one, what's your goal right mm-hmm. now? You've got to pick a goal. You've got to pick right now. What are we remedying? Mm. So the law of specificity, Mm -hmm. if you want to run a marathon, you wouldn't take golf lessons. Mm -hmm. And I know that sounds obvious, Mm -hmm. but what I'm finding because of our enhanced exposure to marketing and advertising because of the wonderful internet, which I really do love and cherish, but Mm -hmm. it does expose us to a lot. Mm -hmm. It has to come back to what is your specific goal? Mm -hmm. Because that is going to point us in the direction of the strategy to get you there. Mm -hmm. Then once we have the strategy, the question becomes, are you Mm-hmm. following the strategy, yes or no. Mm-hmm. That's where the work is in my business. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm seeing more and more because I can help you with, we got to decide on the goal together. And I will share the strategies that have worked within my community. My proven strategies that have worked for me for 30 years. I can share the strategy with you, but what good is that if you're not taking the action on it? And that's where the real work is because We have to follow a strategy to see if it will get you to what you want Mm. in a sustainable way, in a way that brings the least amount of discomfort. Mm. I'm all about the most productive and generative way of getting to your goal with the least no pain, no gain. Cause mm-hmm. I don't believe in that. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's ultimately what I've been noticing in the past couple of years. So I shared earlier that the bulk of my career was one-on-one in the gym with clients as a traditional personal trainer. I've done some physical therapy as well, but really my job was a personal trainer And that was one client to one client to one client. And then after my book was published, I really got interested in transitioning and opening up to be able to work with people in Africa Mm -hmm. and Australia and the UK and Canada and globally. So that has allowed me to work with so many more people. And in the past two to three years, as my reach has grown and as my programs have grown, a worrisome trend 
that I'm mm-hmm. seeing that's coming to me specifically with women, because that tends to be my demographic and who finds me is there is an automatic assumption that their goal is weight loss. Mm-hmm. Whew. And that took me a couple of years to really take away that filter and be like, okay, hold on. Is it really your goal? Because Mm -hmm. a lot of women would like to lose five to eight pounds on average, right? Mm -hmm. But is that really your goal? Mm -hmm. Because that's easy. But Mm -hmm. if your real goal is to feel better, to have all day energy, to be a better human, let's go after that strategy because the side effect is you'll lose five to eight pounds of body fat. You'll release that five to eight pounds of body fat, right? So what I kept noticing is women kept saying, well, I want to lose weight. Every Mm -hmm. single person, I want to lose weight. And so I had to learn as a coach to say, is that really no judgments either way? Because for some people, releasing extra body fat is the most important thing that Mm -hmm. you can do to improve your health. We've gotten into a culture that is protective of um, body empowerment, which is wonderful, but we've started to get away from the real objective perspective of from a statistical analysis of your health, are you at greater risk for cardiovascular disease and stroke? Mm-hmm. at your yeah. current weight on a scale, right? And that has nothing to do with your worth as an individual or how beautiful your body is, but do we need to lose weight? Mm-hmm. Is that really the goal and why? And if it's not, let's go after those other things because the five to eight pounds will fall off as we get everything else in alignment. Uh, it's so cool to think that... Um you know, it's it, like the, the gateway is just the five or eight pounds. And it's not that it's like, it's not to say like, I would, if I had a magic wand, I would just gift that to everyone because, you know, just getting to the bottom of the question of like, what's the goal, you know, it's, it's just an important part of the journey, right? Like if I had this magic wand that said, all right, your five to eight pounds are gone. And um, that could be like, you know, just that push that people need. Of course it could. And that's why so many like, you know, diet pills and all that stuff exists because um, potentially those could help those pounds slide off and, and just make it super easy. But just getting to the bottom of the question of what is your goal? And, um, the, the coaching habit, you know, he goes, why that is your most important question is saying why, and what, what was that again? Can you repeat that? Can you go and, you know, make this as simple and as digestible as possible so that it is something that is easy and digestible for you yourself. Um, so yeah, I love that. And, um, and I also love like that your brand is so strategy-based it, it, and that's where it comes across. It's very like leadership and strategy, but 
what I'm seeing is that, you know, uh, underneath, not very far is this yearning and helping people get more and, um, and feel human. I mean, when you say like, oh, you know, just feeling good and, you know, we forget, I think that to feel human is to feel and to, you know what I mean? And to learn. And that's hard to do um, when we're inundated with mixed messages, shame, chemicals, toxic of the, you know, of the psychological and the, you know, and the actual like stuff that could go in our body. Oh my goodness. Um, You know what? um, You said something in our first conversation that I wrote down and I, I will quote you on this because I just think it's, unless you don't want me to, it's beautiful. And that is what we eat creates who we are. So we already touched on this, but I think, um, could you speak on that again? And I think it would just be a great way to wrap this beautiful conversation up. Yeah. So, and and we did touch upon this in our conversation and to explore it a bit farther is the very chemicals and compounds and neurotransmitters that are floating through your body are largely coming from how and what you eat. We know there is so much talk these days about the gut ecology and Mm -hmm. how so many of our, let's call them just chemicals Mm -hmm. are created in the gut biome and the gut biome is chemically created by what you're eating and how your body is responding to what you're eating. Not as simple as egg whites are a good source of protein. Well, how does your, how is your body responding to it? And so not only the toxins we're exposed to, not only the difference between, let's say, a banana and high fructose corn syrup, but how is your body actually working with the foods that you eat to create the chemistry? Because we know that if it is not an optimal environment, it creates a variety of inflammatory responses which change the chemicals and the way that your brain operates. People forget there's a difference between the mind and the brain. The brain is an organ, just like your liver, just like your heart. And the brain needs certain things to work optimally. So if what's coming in the body, and let's just talk about food here, um, because other things get into our body, but specifically food and how we eat and what we eat, that is really building the experience of how your brain operates. Mm -hmm. If you're eating in a way that you're not getting enough dopamine, that your body's not producing or recycling dopamine appropriately. We talk so much about serotonin, but I'm starting to wonder if dopamine is the lost neurotransmitter that people aren't looking at and why Mm -hmm. so many people are choosing caffeine or stimulants or things that really spark them. And how you eat, if there is, let's call it a sub-optimized environment in your digestive system, 
Your brain is getting different chemicals, compounds, hormones, neurotransmitters, all of that chemistry that actually impacts how you think because it impacts not only the very compounds that are driving the brain, Mm. but your mood and how you feel. And I think a great, a great way to distill that down is if you could remember the last time you were really hungover, how Mm. awful do you feel? Mm. And that is a great example because what is a hangover, right? Ultimately it's the liver and the brain to key organs have been exposed to a toxin, (laughs) Mm. And I think that really like speaks to this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, it does. I, I, I think it's like, um, just, I think that's a different perspective. Um, so that's why I wanted to repeat it. That's one of the, if I, you know, always underline like the think fit be fit, um, you know, uh, experience that I'm trying to create. It's like, I want to underline like the thinking pattern technique um, viewpoint that is unique. And I, I really, I think that's it. I have, I just don't hear that many people um, they might say something similar, but I don't see it quite as integrated as I hear and see it from your end. So congrats, I guess (laughs) Um, to wrap this up. Yeah. Um, I'd love to know, um, what's one tool that you've integrated for yourself in the last year that was kind of new and exciting, or maybe not new, maybe it's something you forgot about. (laughs) Oh, that's so hard. Uh, A tangible tool like circular hip bands or a behavior or habit tool. Oh, um, I mean, I'd like to know both. Um, if, oh, Oh, (laughs) um, yeah. (laughs) Oh gosh, this is so hard. Okay. Oh boy. Okay. I've got several. The first Mm -hmm. I will say is the use I I purchased an infrared sauna this Mm -hmm. year. Mm -hmm. Once I saw some really compelling research Mm -hmm. and at the urging of multiple doctors, Mm. I started, I I invested in and bought my own infrared sauna for my home Mm. use. Mm. That has been so helpful and beneficial for me. And that was a Mm. surprise because only two to three years ago, I thought it was the silliest concept ever. (laughs) This concept of ridding your body of toxins, Mm. complete baloney. That's what your liver is for, is what I thought, right? But what happens when your liver is handicapped as mine was. So that one has been huge. I am a convert. That's Mm -hmm. one. I think I would say the other biggest tool that touches upon what we just talked about, which is a little metaphysical, Mm -hmm. if you will. And along the lines of what we just finished discussing, um, due to need, desperate need, I have had to really lean into um, an autoimmune protocol diet. Mm-hmm. It is free of a lot of foods that many people would call healthy. Hmm. And I have noticed that as I adhere to that more and more and more, mm-hmm. 
how much better of a human I am Mm. in all ways. Not just I feel better, but I feel better. Mm -hmm. My suffering is reduced as Mm -hmm. a human, not only a physical human, but a spiritual human Mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. And so I, that too, I was also really shocked about the power of that for my body. I don't say everyone needs to do it because it's impossibly restrictive. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I'm not saying, oh, an AIP diet is the way to go because it was Mm -hmm. a surprise to me, but that has been a huge tool for me personally. Mm -hmm. And then I would say as an extension to my community, Mm -hmm. the biggest tool is really coming to understand the power of becoming strategic to how much protein, fat, and carbohydrate you Mm -hmm. are exposing your body to Hmm. each day so that you are really um, creating the right fuel for your body. Hmm. And that's been huge for my community, but I've been talking about that for several years. Yeah. Um, Oh, that's so interesting. Exposing your body to like, that's an, that's, Uh, That sounds like an interesting, different concept as well. So I'll circle that one for next time. Um, (laughs) That's super cool. Yeah. I, um, one of the, when, when I listened to an older interview that you participated in, you know, I was really um, captured by one of your personal stories of, um, you know, this, this whole back thing to like, the gut, the gut health and realizing its power for your mind and, um, depression. And, uh, you know, so I just wanted to say, you know, thank you for sharing that, even though it was a while ago, um, it was something that reminded me of a, um, you know, a, a time that I went through and having had dyslexia and, um, anxiety and how that, has been, I want to say my co-pilot for so many, so many of my health changes. <laughs> and, you know, so it was, it was a good reminder for me that, um, it, it's, it's, it's a healing process. Right. Um, and I was really angry, uh, for a while, um, about dyslexia and anxiety, the, ongoing gymnastics that I had to go through to deal with it. Um, you know, it was, it was, it was a painful part of my life and I found a lot of resolve out of, um, you know, diet protocol. Um, and it, you know, kind of like an anti-inflammatory protocols and things like that. But, um, also happy to report, I use, uh, the, an infrared tool that, um, has made me kind of rethink, you know, mitochondria and like just all the, the energy production in our body and things like that. So just wanted to say that and, uh, say it as if I were giving you a hug, cause like, I would just be so delighted if we could do this again and, um, keep in touch and, you know, make sure that, you know, we, we are, um, in contact because, you know, creating this kind of dialogue is not typical and you thank you so much. 
Yeah. And thank you really, really for this, because what you are, the doors that you're opening, the concepts and the ideas that you're opening in your network Mm -hmm. and all of the podcasts is so important, is so valuable. And I wish and want everyone to start to open their mind to these things, because it's not just about hit training. It's not Mm -hmm. just about eating brown rice. It's so much more than that. And as you, especially for people who are suffering and a lot of people are suffering. And I think this is the potential magic doorway for a lot of people. If they start to really say, oh my gosh, I never thought about this concept. So thank you. And absolutely. I'm just honored that we've made this connection. Fabulous. Um, okay. Well, I'll make sure everybody knows where to find you. Um, do you have anything special you'd like to, uh, you know, promote or bring up that's Hmm. not outside of your website? You know, that's a good, that's a good question. I think what I would say, because we've talked so much about the power of how you eat, Mm -hmm. I have a beautiful 14 page resource that is really the foundation of how I begin to teach my clients Mm -hmm. to really transform their body through their nutrition. And that's a free download. Uh, That is at my website, hollyperkins.com forward slash macros, M-A-C-R-O-S. And it's Mm -hmm. a totally free download. It's one of the most important and best things that I put out into the world. And I think that that can be very helpful for a lot of people. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I love that. you know, that you, you feel so much, you feel empowered to give one of the most valuable things you could for free. Yeah. So heck yeah. (laughs) All right. Thank you again. All right. Have a wonderful day. Okay. Bye. Bye.